They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. And before I get into my very exciting guest tonight, who has always been lurking in the doldrums in the background of a lot of shows that I've been on um, with our good friends over at Geeks with Shields before, you've not heard her on my show before yet. So this is going to be really, really exciting. And before I let you know who that is, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick. Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krauss, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott R. Curie, and Shore Hansen Gusted. You are all amazing. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, patron numbers have been down. So not a surprise. We're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. Viewership numbers have been down, which is disappointing but i still love all of you anyway and everybody that listens to this stuff i really appreciate it and um hopefully you continue to enjoy my content and those numbers go back up um you know it's really really fun to do stuff like this and uh you know those of you that listen and provide feedback and create a nice little community out there i really appreciate all of it um if five people listened i'd be just as excited as i am with however many of you are there. Uh, because nepotism is real, I will say that this show is brought to you by the Geeks Who Haunt podcast, which is a podcast I am on a lot, especially during um, its season. It comes around in the spooky season every year, and it is hosted by today's guest, Slagathor. Tell the people who you are. Hi, I'm the ever-elusive Slagathor. <laughs> Uh, I kind of first started out as the uh, producer of Geeks with Shields, and then um, because I love horror and everything horror-related, whether it be movies or TV or just anything, ghosts, whatever, uh, we decided that, hey, maybe I should pop on and do a seasonal podcast of my own. So I did. Your, your show is awesome, and I love being part of it. And, you know, it is funny. You said you started out as the ever-elusive producer. And, you know, it. I always told these guys, um, Axel and Ulrich and you, you know, um, and this is not a slight, you, you don't know who you're talking to, like, when you meet people on podcasts for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, came with the pedigree of, you know, my brother and I did a show, and people like my brother. And so that got me a lot of viewers and people that – probably thought my operation was a lot bigger of a thing than it is. You know, it's just me and a computer and a microphone. And um, so hooking up with you guys, you know, and it's like, hey, you know, um, get on the show and our producer is going to get your audio levels and everything right. And I'm like, your producer? I was like, damn. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's, it's just really cool when you meet the different ways that everybody does the thing. And I, I really like the idea of that, you know, hey, you got a person listening who's there, you know, checking and making sure things are good, you know, kind of nudging me and Ulrich in the side because we talk forever and yeah. ever and ever. My wife would be doing the same thing. She'd be like, Jesus, could could you guys just like, you know, like stop? <laughs> oh, um, I, re- I remember way back at the very beginning and uh, stuff, even when Ulrich and Axel were the only ones doing an episode of stuff, I'd get on there and I'd be like, all right, guys, 
I gave you the half hour, a lot of time for this subject, move on to the next. And then if they did or did not, I would be on there. All right, guys, you really need to stop now. And I remember so much when, you know, you kept coming back on and everything. I'd be texting everybody I, on the chat. I'd be like, all right, guys, you guys need to fucking stop it. Like, I remember. <laughs> it was great. And I never took it as bad. I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, wow. It was like, so somebody else understands. That. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, DC and I um, are, are very similar in that respect, but also very different in, um, you know, a lot of ways. And it's just great to find other people that are, that come at, you know, fandom and, and geekdom with the same enthusiasm, even if they're, you know, a different kind of personality, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and, and I really like that, uh, that you get that, <laughs> you okay. know, you're just kind of like, Hey guys, come on! Like, just, 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 just make out and get it over with, and move on to the next topic. You I know, have said, I have said that so many times. Like way back when uh, DC and Axel were, I mean, friend, like way back when and stuff. If he would text him so much, and his attention would be, you know, not on me or the movie that we were yeah. watching or something like that, I'd be like, could you leave your boyfriend alone and just fucking be here, like? <laughs> But yes, we always get to get some digs at DC, but but this show is is about us. Ha <laughs> Um so 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 I want to know like what I I've I've got to talk to you, you know, god, one time we recorded with them and, and you and I chatted for a bit after and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was heavy too. I mean, we both we've got we've got our, you know, own <laughs> levels of crap going on in our own lives. But uh, you know, what like obviously, you know, are we going to go by Slagathor? We're not going to use your real name on the show. Yeah, nah, I don't want to do my... Yeah, I wanted to ask, and that's out of respect. I didn't ask you beforehand. But, um, you know, tell me a little bit, like, what, um, where do you come from? What, what, what brought you to today? Like, you know, where you're living right now, you know, you married, have a kid, do podcasts, or super geek. Like, tell me a little bit about you. Um, so I was born and raised (laughs) in Moscow, Idaho, um, and parents divorced, a big, ugly family drama crap but of course of course yep um but the woman that i call mom that my dad is with now you know they got together when i was six and we moved around a lot in idaho we moved in around in a lot of different places but we always kind of came back to one central location where me axel and dc all met and became friends and all that stuff. Um, and then when DC and I married, we moved to Oregon literally two weeks later. Uh, and we were there. We had Maya, our daughter. And then about a month and a, a month, a year and a half ago, we moved out here to the West Coast, uh, close by Seattle. And Things have been rough for me, but not necessarily for DC. He's got a great job. You know, they actually like him. They appreciate who he is, which is really hard to find in a job. And uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully things turn around a bit for me. I've got this really cool job perspective coming up. Hopefully that stays. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Podcasting. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, podcasting started mainly for DC because he needed an outlet, something that he could do when he was stressed and stuff, and he really wanted to do it. And I was just like, "All right, I'll, 
I'll be there for you. I'll help you with the electronic side of it because he knows nothing about computer, like that kind of shit. So that's why I was the producer. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Now, you know, um, like what's your your like nerd or geeky background? Like what you know, where where? Because you know, obviously, you're a horror nut. Like that's the, that's how you and I have bonded over your mm-hmm. incredible horror podcast. But like, you know, what was your, you know, background? Like, were you, you know, uh, like one of like the, like after school, like anime club nerds in high school, you know, what, what, what brought you to like, what built you into what you are now? Um, my father and video games, uh, he oh, was, sweet. he was always playing video games. Uh, at first it was always on the computer. So I got to watch him play things like the classic Diablo. Um, there's some, some kind of like, I can't remember what it is, but it was some sort of spacey game that DC plays now. It's like really old. Um, and oh, then um, Starcraft or older, older Starcraft. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and then when one apartment, I can't remember what, where it was. He bought a PlayStation and from there we bonded over Tomb Raider. Oh, that's really cool. Yes. Um, it was to the it was way back when, you know, on the very first one where you had the booklet, but if you needed help, like you couldn't figure out where the fuck to go, there was a that hotline you could call. Yes. Yep. And it my aunt would come over too because she loved Tomb Raider too. And all three of us would sit there and we'd watch dad play it. We'd help him try it and find things. We'd call it this hotline, all sorts of other stuff. And it was we played all of the Tomb Raider the original Tomb Raider games that way. Um, and then I just continued on uh, playing the rest of the Tomb Raider games as they came out myself. And then my dad also got an Xbox and we played a whole bunch of games on that together. So a lot of my stuff came from my father and all the video games and stuff that we played together. And then I kind of got into anime, not as heavy as a lot of other kids did in high school and stuff. Mine was more Dragon Ball Z. Um yep. Because that was what my father loved. And we'd sit down and watch it. Especially after school. Um, and yes I do like anime and stuff. But I just. I couldn't get into it as crazy as like Axel did. And going to anime clubs. And I don't know. Mine. Mine comes from. Mine comes from video games. I love my role playing games. I love my. Some shooting games. Like some shooting games. First person is okay. Some others are just stupid and ridiculous. And the fucking Call of Duty shit. Go away. (laughs) Just fucking go away. God. Now, it's really funny that you brought up the the manuals for games, because they don't exist anymore. Right? You know, you, you, you buy a game and it's all online, and it's not really made by the company that made the game, which is cool. You know, it's people's let's plays and everything else that are out there. I don't know if I, I feel like I tell this story a lot. So if I've done it, you can just say, Hey, shut up, Chris. But okay. have I ever told you, cause I know, I think I've told DC about what they did with the, the Wii silent Hill game. No. So being, being a horror fan, I think you'd love to, do you, have you played that series of games? Like any of them at all? Uh, I played the first one, I think it was, and then for Silent Hill, and then I've played all of the Fatal Frame games. Oh, I love Fatal Frame. I <laughs> do too. It freaks me out. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the the they, it's just such like the tension and the chaos, and so yep. 
check so you so you've played the first silent hill so you get like what a silent hill game was yes. they made a silent hill game for the wii that was meant to be a reboot of the franchise mm-hmm. and the couple of things they did with it that i thought were brilliant one it's on the wii so you've got you know the control stick and the wii remote and the wii remote is your flashlight so when you Ooh. move it in real life it moves on the screen and shines yeah. and stuff and it worked really well like they nailed it like it it just it's one of those times where it was really immersive um also they changed the part where when it goes into the the demon version of the town mm-hmm. um you can't fight you have to run and hide and just escape it right mm-hmm. and okay. so it it made the it made that part like really intense yeah. you know like you'd have to go and like hide in a locker and you could grab the remote and like grab and move it to the side and you'd throw down debris and like trash barrels and stuff to like block behind you. And it's cool. Cause it did the same kind of story as the original game. You're a dad looking for your missing daughter in silent Hill. Like that's the mm-hmm. game, but it kept segueing in with these, um, scenes with you in a psychiatrist's office. At least mm. you thought it was you. And I'll, I, I want you to either play the game or watch a let's play. So you can, the twist is like actually great, okay. but like, they make you think it's you and it's just a really cool thing of what it actually ends up being. But, um, uh, the game had these in-game phone numbers and you'd know they were in game cause they didn't have area codes. Yeah. And you'd type them in on a cell phone thing and pick up the Wii remote and you'd hear the thing through the remote, through its speaker, like you were on the phone. So it's very immersive. Like you'd have to use it to get clues and stuff, but oh. in the manual, you go to the end where the Konami helpline was. Yeah. And it's an in-game phone number. That is so cool. <laughs> so when you call it, <laughs> a person picks up in the game and goes, thank you for calling the Konami hotline. This is Sharon. <laughs> How may I help you? And then she goes, oh, I'm picking up on the GPS that you're calling from Silent Hill. And then her voice turns into a demon voice and goes, there's no helping you. And it hangs Oh, my up. God. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I, it just, <laughs> and no one remembers this damn game. And I loved it. I, it does a psychiatric evaluation of you while you play it. So you get, like, a different eval at the end each time. That's like, so cool. And so I, like, I beat it, like, five or six times just to, like, feel, like play the game differently. And see what would happen. And it was just, it was really well done. And it was so different from the rest of the games. And it was on the Wii. So, you know, an M-rated game on the Wii never yeah. really ended up doing that well. But it just, the, you talking about the helplines reminded me of that. And it's, I, I'm so, um, so happy to hear someone else have good memories of games coming from their dad. Because yeah. that's that's how me and my brother bonded with my dad. We we had an Atari twenty six hundred and an NES, mm-hmm. and I mean we had a, other systems after, but those were the two that were like dad would sit down because we were really young, so he would play the games, and then we would play them. You know, and yeah. we'd play them together. So like there was a uh, Castlevania two, Simon's Quest, oh, Wizards yeah. and Warriors, the original Legend of Zelda, and we'd play them as a family. And you'd have, you know, like the help, the Nintendo helpline or the strategy guide that Nintendo Power would send you out. And we'd all just be arguing over where to go. And those memories are are just so awesome. And, you know, not not having my dad anymore and having him kind of go in a not so great direction. I still have those memories. Yeah. You know, and, and I love hearing you. You know, you said the family was rough and, you know, there were some times. But to have those 
those things you remember about your dad. I mean, I, I'm assuming your dad's still around. Um, he, yeah, he is. But just having those memories are great because it doesn't matter what else happened. It's like, no, that built me and who I am. And that's really freaking cool. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. If it wasn't for my dad playing video games or reading the types of books that he did, you know, the fantasy books, the Warhammer books, stuff like that. Uh, my dad basically being him, I honestly do not think I would be into the things that I was that I am today. I can almost guarantee it. That's so cool. And, you know, you usually don't hear it that way, right? Like, you know, I, I at least, you know, by the time um, I was of the age of like PlayStation and stuff, my dad wasn't a gamer anymore. Like it, they had gone past him, mm-hmm. you know, but to hear you like to hear someone have that memory with like talking about Tomb Raider and Final Fantasy seven, you know, or whatever or Starcraft. And I'm like, oh, that's I'm glad that that tradition continued of like the geeky dad with the games and like bringing their kid into that world. Cause, um, I had always feared that, you know, it, it kind of lost the luster a bit or lost when the games got a a bit more, I feel like games got, even though they were like a niche thing when I was younger, I feel like they were a lot easier to pick up and get into Yeah, as like a casual, like adult, you know, and to hear like someone say, no, my dad was like a hardcore Starcraft player. You know, and it's like, that's awesome, because that's got a bit more of a learning curve, mm-hmm. you know, or, or Tomb Raider, you know, is not, it's not just a game, it, it doesn't equate to me the same way as like, well, everyone had an NES with Legend of Zelda and Mario, you know, so it's, yeah. it's a little different, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, he, he still plays video games to this day, like, he's still got an Xbox sitting on his coffee table and stuff, and uh Last year when we were living with them, uh, he picked up this new game. I can't remember what it was. But we sat down uh, with Maya, and he was playing the game. We were watching him, and I was helping him figure his way through it. Like, it, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I think it's really important. I think games, you know, and again, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the exact games that I'd want my kids to play you know, or whatever. But I just think that that sort of interaction, that coordination, the thing you gain, you know, Ava watches a ton of let's plays mm-hmm. and, and she'll watch them and I'll get the game. Like she, she likes the channels. The guys have, you know, they, there's very kid friendly let's players out there, you know, and they, you know, they talk and have a good time. And then, so I'll get the game and she'll watch me play or grab the remote and try to help and knows what I need to do because yep. she watched someone else do it. Yep. And I'm like, that's so cool. You yeah. Know? Uh, when DC plays his computer games, his war Warhammer games and stuff, Maya sits on his lap and she has her own controller and she sits there and she, you know, <laughs> she helps him and stuff. And, uh, Maya and I, Markiplier on YouTube is one of my favorite YouTubers yep. and has been since he started. Like I've been watching his channel literally since he started and she loves Markiplier. Like she, whenever he acts like a, just a dumbass, and I'm just... I just want to smack my face because he's being so fucking stupid. Yep. Maya, Maya looks at me and she goes, Markiplier is being silly, mommy. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> I, and see, this is so cool. Like, And there's there's people out there that, you know, I don't know. There's just a group. The, the world is full of holier-than-thou people that feel like there's no there's no benefit or value in having these kinds of memories and having these kinds of interactions that come from being enthusiastic about something, 
You know, every, everyone has to be the big person to shoot down, you know, and it's, it, it's always when it becomes popular, but you know, it happens everywhere. Like, Oh, <laughs> they must be the type of crappy parent that just puts their kid in front of games. Oh, oh you're going to be a waste just like them. Or, you know, all they, you know, into like all the superhero movies or, you know, it's like, guy, life is about being happy. Yep. Like if something makes you happy, wh- why, why do you need to shit on someone else's parade? You know, especially if it's something you can interact with your kids doing. Like, yeah. that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. No, I I, I will always do whatever I can to give Maya a diverse thing. She watches scary movies with me. Yes. Like, she, she does. She sits down and she's like, what are we watching? And I'll be like, I'm watching a scary movie. She's like, okay, I'll watch a scary movie with you. And then she'll, when DC comes home, she's like, mommy, and I watch a scary movie and stuff. It had zombies or it had blah, blah, blah in it. And she <laughs> she knows everything. Like, when she sees something on TV, she knows if it's a zombie. She knows if it's a vampire. She knows if it's a certain type of monster. Like, I've, I... I screen how intense. Yeah, of course. Of t- course. Intense things are and stuff, but because you know she's she's almost three now, but still the fact that it doesn't scare her, even though she acts like it does. I and nobody out there go, well, your daughter says she's scared, so she's scared. No, she's not scared. She's at that age where you know she doesn't like hot foods because you know yes. it's hot, but she'll eat it if you blow on it for her because you know then it's not hot anymore and she doesn't want yogurt effect. and yeah she doesn't want yogurt out of the stupid fridge because it's cold but you know eh, she's not actually scared and I don't know I love that and I didn't even realize it till we were talking literally just now but I'm doing the exact same thing with my kid that my father did with me like I didn't even realize that I play video games so much and DC does too that and she joins us in on it that she's getting the exact same experience that we did as kids and the with the scary movies and the fantasy movies and just the weird shit that I watch Maya enjoys the crap out of and I did that exact same thing with my father and I don't know it Kind of, I don't want to be, you know, a girl here, but kind of chokes you up a little bit, you know. That's I'm I'm getting choked up talking about it. So there's yeah, no, there's no harm in that, and I and I think that's what's, you know, Conan. What is best in life? What is best in life is seeing seeing your kid and realizing that you're doing something you learned without even without even doing it intentionally. Like yep. it's like you just were were taught by example that this is a way to parent, and you just find yourself. The thing, the things that make you you aren't an exclusive thing. It's it's something you want to share. You want your kid to turn around and either go, "Oh, I love this thing that mommy and daddy like," or go, "Well, you know, I I did that with them, and yeah, it wasn't really my thing, but I learned a lot from it." And hey, mom mm-hmm. and dad, I found this thing, you know, yeah. and and like and to know that you cultivated that and didn't make it be a well this is a mummy and daddy thing and you're a burden and we're gonna go do our thing to deal with it you know and like yeah there is that i mean you need your mom and dad time and all that but this the thing that you're enthusiastic about the thing that makes you you is something you can share with your kids like i remember when my dad sat me down and showed me a baseball game on tv for the first time and i thought i was getting invited to some secret club you know (laughs) because That's like seeing a professional sport, like as like a five or six year old, 
you know, and, and my dad who was, you know, he would sit and he called the game like he was the coach. Yeah. You know, so he'd be like, oh, no, they got a they got a bunt here because you got a bunt here because the ERA is this. And he'd go and, and I'm sitting there going, and he would explain it. And it's like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and again, I never got that. I've never been like a sports stats guy. Um, I'm a, I, I get into other stuff that way. But I appreciated it because my dad, even though it was a, a sports related thing, was a geek. He was geeky and way into like how this thing worked technically in the structure and the lore and the, you know, how the coaching worked and how the players went. And that's really cool. And I was able to get the, okay, well I can be that enthusiastic about something too, you know, but mm-hmm. it didn't have to be the same thing for me to be able to sit there and go, wow, I I'm just in awe of watching him figure this out. Like, yep. and, and, and it, and that's what, you know, it was something he, when when you when you watch something as much as there is baseball holy shit when you invest that much of your time it's respectful to see somebody that actually is watching and understanding and it isn't just even though he was a drinker it wasn't just that this is what i put on so i have an excuse to sit at a bar and drink it's like no he was he in his mind was coaching that team and that's really cool yeah. you know yeah. So did you ever get to play the, the newer Tomb Raider games with your dad? Was that like a way to see like the, the progression? Um, no, because by that time, you know, every, I had I was moved out and stuff. So I oh, had my course. own gaming system and everything. And uh, dad kind of stopped playing the Tomb Raider games past the classics. Yeah. Uh, I was the one that kind of carried it on and everything. And I, you know, when I pl- when I played all the new ones. You know, every time I played it and stuff, I would still, I would go to him and I would talk to him about it. Be like, oh, "Oh, this is, this is what happened. This was so cool. I really like this function of the game and stuff like that. And, you know, he'd be sitting there with his smoke and be like, yeah, all right. uh uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. But, you know, it would be, you could tell that, you know, he was kind of amused by my, my, by my love and excitement of what I had just experienced and stuff. But he would sit down and he would listen to me talk about it, tell him the story, all sorts of other stuff. So, I mean, even the, even though he doesn't play the games that I play any anymore, I still tell him about it. And he's, he's still very much like, Oh, this is, that's so cool. Um, and there's been a couple games. Uh, what game was it? It was a zombie game. Was it the last of us or was it left for dead? No. Um, dead by daylight or oh that yes that's really new that's like in the last few years right oh yeah no not that one then uh the one where you're this one guy and you can drive around this whole freaking island that's full of zombies Um, dead island dead island yeah um we he got that game and told me was like hey you know get this game we can play together online and everything and we did we got the game and we played the whole freaking game together and we would talk on our little headsets and yeah that was cool it's awesome yeah it, this is this is cool see i i, I love this show cuz i just love getting to know people um so then so, so you you got your gamer background from your dad of course mm-hmm. <clears throat> What is going on with my throat tonight? One sec. <laughs> and you, uh, you know, you said, did you, did you and, and DC and Axel meet in high school? 
Um, Axel and I did because he started dating one of my best friends. Um, cool. Axel and DC met when their girlfriends took them to a dance. Oh yeah, I've heard this story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just wanted to get time and place. So, like, what what kind of um what kind of person were you in high school? Were you like uh you because uh, you know I I ran with so many different crowds that I was like a weird mutt of an amalgam. Like I had you know the big Jenko pants and the chain wallet and like the like skater punk like shirts and spiked hair that I would dye green every once in a while. But like my friends, you know, I, I went from like the jocks to the goth kids, to the punks, to this, I was with everybody, you know, then, but then I'm going to chess club after school. Like I'm, I was a weirdo, but, um, you know, like what, what crowd was there a crowd you would have put yourself in? So my group of friends, we were weird, but we weren't like popular, but we weren't unpopular mm-hmm. we were kind of like our own our own thing and each one of us could interact with anybody outside of our group yes. and be okay like nothing ever happened to us so it's kind of it's kind of like this whole you know we have we have free reign i guess to talk to everybody type of thing but um me i <laughs> was coming into my sexuality i guess you could say uh because in elementary school and middle school, I was kind of on the chubbier side. And mm-hmm. then from, and then the summer leading up to 10th grade. Yeah. I got, I lost a bunch of weight, got really skinny and stuff. My, my tits were just popping and shit. And so <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I wore, I wore the low, the low, rise jeans you know the ones that sat real low on your hips and I wore really tight shirts and stuff but I still wore skater shoes and I wore like um (laughs) like fucking these big chunky bracelets and shit and I kept my hair long and everything and that was just how I was during high school but at the same time like if I just wasn't feeling it I also wore skinny fucking jeans and my skater shoes and everything but a big ass oversized men's 3x um hoodie that literally went Hell down yeah. past my knees so, so yeah you, you you jumped between all of it it, it very yeah. much sounds and again obviously you know not 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 a woman myself um, <laughs> at least currently you know who who knows how the world goes but it, it's that amalgam it's that you know i'm just me and and yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. it, the 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 tits thing made me laugh because I was talking to my friend who's who's transitioning, um, yeah. in, into being a woman, and they were were telling me, you know, they were like, I, you know, I'm I'm the same old me I was a week ago, except I got these teeny tiny little titties sprouting on my <laughs> chest, and I was like, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> He's like, yeah, 38 years old and going through girl puberty. <laughs> that's that's funny and it's (laughs) it's just you know and it's like you said you know you you had something that happened to you 10th grade seems to be a a thing because i had this weird thing where i my my town is a very urban very rough city um it's a big one and it's it's known being of being like a melting pot of all different races and there's gangs and there's this and there's that and my parents were not very religious people, but they sent us to Catholic school. And the reasoning was we'd be safe. 
a fairly racist viewpoint i would i would put it in you know for the early 90s but that was you know what everyone told them you know oh you got to put your kids somewhere but what it really meant was you got to put your kids somewhere where they'll be around white kids well the deal is i was in sports and all of this stuff with people outside of school so everyone i knew all my friends outside of school i didn't go to school with because these were people that were paying to send their kids somewhere. So a lot of them were from out of town, you know, or not people that I knew. So when I got to ninth grade, I came to the realization that, you know, they're paying all this money for me to go to school, but I'm not happy. You know, like I, I don't like, I'm not with my friends, mm-hmm. um, especially in high school, you know, that's where they put the, the fixer kids, you know, the kids from other towns that weren't doing well. Yeah. So they'd send them here to make them better. And so I saw, you know, in seventh grade, I saw people blowing lines of cocaine in the bathroom at a Catholic school. You know what I mean? And never saw shit like that at all. When I got to public school, people did it. They didn't do it in school. They weren't stupid. Um, you know, but, uh, between ninth grade and 10th grade, I took, I told them, you know, they built the public high school near my house. And I said, you know what? I can keep going downtown to go to school where you're sending me, or I can be a five minute walk from school and go to school with my friends. So what was cool is I had known all these people outside of school, but I get into 10th grade and I missed the freshman year click crap where like all the drama and everything happened. So I was able to kind of like ghost through all the groups of people. Cause I just knew them. Yeah. So here's, you know, like this, like weird, you know, um, nerdy guy, but knew all the guys on the football team and was invited to all those parties. You know what I mean? And like, you know, didn't know that this girl and that girl both dated the same guy and got pissed off. So they're all my friends and people would like, look at me like, Oh Jesus, who's he hanging out with? It? You know, it, it was just a weird way to walk through high school, but I loved it because it's like yeah. I missed out on all the bullshit. Yep. And I was able to just be me instead of being some sort of, you know, oh well, you're in all the smart classes, so you got to hang out with the smart kids. It's like, no, I want to, you know, hang out with my friends. My friends are, you know, in the, you know, um, maybe aren't going to make it through high school classes, and I really don't care about that. They're my friends. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It was, it was just interesting. High school is a weird time. <laughs> yeah. Weird fucking time. I don't know. I've never understood why, you know, if you are a certain way or if you do a certain class or a club or anything like that, why you have to be exiled to yes. only interact with those exact same people. Like, and I get it, high school is stupid, and kids are fucking bullshit, and they do the stupidest crap, and I hate that, you know, that my daughter and, you know, your daughter and everybody's gonna... gonna, through that. Well, yeah, they're gonna have to go through, why am I not good enough to be myself, and you have to explain to them... Just be yourself, be who you are, because I guarantee you when you get out of high school and everybody's away from this stupid drama, they're going to dress up how you were because now it's cool. They're going to act how you were because now it's cool to be like that, whereas in high school it wasn't. So why torture yourself? But you can't change how they're going to be anyway. And that's and I keep coming back to that. And it's like I still got like. I don't know. When does school start? Fuck. Six, yeah. So 14. So I've still got like 11 years before she hits, starts hitting that 
whole thing. And, and maybe but, all that will change by then. I have no idea, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, I don't like this whole kumbaya, you know, everybody's a winner type of shit. No, if, yeah, I, go I, agree. To, if I go to a soccer game, I want a winner and I want a loser. <laughs> no, I agree with you there. I agree. With you. There's, there's, and again, I remember like them, them needing to do that in t-ball. Like even when I was younger, what what the coaches would just do is they both told the kids they won. Yeah, you know what I mean. And again, no one, the kids didn't talk about it after because nope. all we cared about was we got to play. Yep. Like, but but when you get to like competitive sports, you kind of have to like, no, 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 you did better. Like that's the point of it. Like you gotta. Ah. You did better. It's it's fine to remind everyone that just showing up is good. Like the fact that you're here and not off doing drugs somewhere, and you or again, depending on what the drug is, because <laughs> I'm thinking back to me in high school and you know knowing the kids got put away in jail for 20 years for pot, and then I sit here and go, "That's a dispensary. What is <laughs> happening in this world?" Like, yeah, I want to like Bill and Ted back and just like show ki- people, dude. <laughs> in 2021, you're gonna be able to get in the car with a driver's license and buy whatever you want yeah <laughs> and it's gonna blow their minds yep but you know it just it cracks me up it cracks me up how quickly things change and uh, as a um as a you know i i did a lot of like career fair stuff in mm-hmm. in college and did a lot of like you know helping people that are trying to figure out what school to go to you know though and and i always wanted always reminded these these younger kids that you know, calling a 17-year-old a younger kid, Jesus. But, you know, these younger people, all the shit that you're worrying about right now socially doesn't mean a damn thing when you're a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. and Or whatever you're going to do, you know, or the first – or when you start a job at 18, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, yeah. everybody is just themselves at that point. Like, yeah, this stuff is really important. I don't want to diminish the importance because it means a lot to you. Just know that if shit's bad right now, then it's not going to matter then. And if shit's good right now, it might not be the same good when you get there. Like things are going to change and be different and put, put your head down and push forward and get through it. Cause it's, it's going to get weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, literally as soon as you realize that you are graduating, it's like everything slowly changes until you have left like the auditorium or wherever you got your diploma from and then all of a sudden it's like i'm i'm not that way anymore and and it's like everything is gone like it changes it's it's a culture shock that that can that can onset a a big amount of depression that a 17 year old is not ready for yeah you know if it goes the wrong way right like again if you if if that's that that can be both very liberating like oh wow none of that bullshit mattered great and it can also be the entire way you carried yourself and persona that you put on yeah um means nothing to anybody anymore because like, oh, no shit. because no other adult gives a shit whether or not you were the blondest fucking cheerleader like yep. or you were popular or you know you were i was going to say number 1 in chess club with you know high numbers and shit but you can make good money off that so you i ain't can. gonna knock you that can. yeah you definitely <laughs> can oh that's funny so you you know and it, it's i i love this show because i never really know where the conversation is gonna go and this, this is fascinating something you know how and again i never ask anyone 
their age, but I'm assuming you you and DC are like five or six years younger than me. Um, you don't have to say your age. When when were you in high school? I graduated 2010. Okay, cool. So I was exactly right. All right, because I graduated in 2002. But like, what was um was was music like? Kids' musical tastes did that like compartmentalize people when you were in school too, or is it more like I've noticed hiring in a lot of younger people, you know, that like 19, 20 coming for internships that everybody seems because of the internet, you know, and the fact that Mm -hmm. your your Spotify playlist does not define you the way your CD collection did, you know, when I was in school or your record collection before that, that they just seem to be way more diversified in like their likes. And it doesn't seem to be a, Oh yeah, well that group likes this and that group likes this. What was your experience with that? Like, was it like you and your friends all listened to the same stuff or was it more of a melting pot? Um, I pretty much liked everything except for country. I cannot stand country. Um, I like old country. That's been, (sighs) that that's where I like, I'll, I'll listen to Willie Nelson. You know what I mean? Or, or, yeah. like, um, or, uh, um, oh, the man in black there, like Johnny Cash, like stuff like that. But it's like, I don't like pop country. <laughs> I uh, think that's yeah. where I, cause country can have like a folky, like rock thing back in the day, mm-hmm. but I just, I can't, I, I, and again, it's probably just because I don't have that experience, you know, like it doesn't speak to me at all. Like nothing about it makes me go, yeah, that's talking about me. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I can't, I just can't, because it just, and and I don't want to knock people that love it, but it just feels ignorant to me. Yeah. You know, it just feels like a bunch of people like wanting to celebrate lowest common denominator crap, and there's there's fun in that. I mean, a lot of punk rock and stuff does shit like that too, but country it it. It has a like a militant, like be stupid, be dumb, you know, drink stupid, <laughs> shitty beer and, you know, hang out and forget your problems. And as long as you trust the military, everything will be fine. I'm like, wait a minute. What did it just say? Oh, no, no. Sorry. We're talking we're, 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 we're talking about fried chicken and Budweiser. Don't forget that last time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. But yeah, so, so that that's cool. So what was um was it? Because, like, when I got to college, you know, it turned into, you know, everybody had their, you know, all these different stuff. So, you know, like, we'd have the kids on our floor. You'd have, like, the the people that seemed to have been born in the 1970s, even though, you know, they were, they grew up in the 90s. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, listen, nothing but Led Zeppelin and Iron Maiden, you know, and Pink Floyd and this and that. And then you got the guys that are just, like, super into emo and the kids that are super into punk rock. And, you know, it all just kind of mixed together. But I was already that guy in high school. Mm-hmm. You know? Cause my dad's record collection was insane. And like, you know, I was like eight years old and he goes, listen to Jethro Tull thick as a brick. It will change your life. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm listening to, but I love it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, um, I don't know. Did, was that like, I, I just like to see, cause music is way more diverse. Like you can find, uh, you know, two people that like their whole persona is I'm way into Warcraft or, you know, um, and Warhammer and I love fantasy. And then what do you like for music? And one guy will be like, I really love, you know, um, like deep house, you know, electronica. And the other person's like, you know, I, I like Simon and Garfunkel. 
you'll be mm-hmm. like, but but we both love Warhammer. <laughs> you know? So like is what what is um what what makes Slagathor like what's what's Slagathor's playlist? You know what I mean? Um so I don't listen to a lot of heavy metal. Um mm-hmm. but I do love metal. Um I have always loved metal. I love uh I love punk rock and I adore rock. Um there's only a few people artists in um pop that I like. Um I like it's really weird but like Spanish rap. Yeah, um, no, fuck yeah. Like I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love Spanish rap. That shit is that yeah, that's really catchy. Um I don't know. I like stuff that makes me dance and feel good that when it comes on is like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna get into this shit. Like that's just that's kinda how it is for me. Um, I don't really have a I'm in a pissed off mood, so I'm gonna listen to, you know, punk rock or something like that. It's literally just like, oh, this is my jam. Oh, this is my jam. Oh, this is yep. another of my jams. No, like everything is my jam, and if you're my jam, I'm gonna love you. <laughs> I, I've got I'm the exact same way. So like what 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 are you know, you, you you talked about genres. What's some of your favorite um artists or bands or just songs? I um, just I find you can learn a lot about somebody this way. I don't know why, but so I like uh it's kind of I like Metallica. Oh um, yeah. Me Nirvana. too. Nirvana. First, first tape I ever bought. <laughs> tape. <laughs> it was oh, Metallica Black Album. And then <laughs> and then quickly I had a CD player and it went but I bought that tape. Like I went out to the store. It was like I have to own this. And it was when it came out too. So I was what was that 91? 90. Yeah. Like I was 6. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like Anyway, Nirvana, hell yeah. Um some ACDC, but it all of their stuff is honestly the same. Um Yes, very much so. Oh, good lord. Pretty reckless. Uh Oh, nice. That's that's a unique one. Yeah. Uh, I liked Evanescence when I was in high school. Didn't but we all? Yeah. I don't like their newer stuff is okay, but I, I don't know. I don't listen to it. Um, oh, good Lord. Now that you asked me, I cannot think of. No, it's all right. A, I can't think of a single band I listen to now. <laughs> no, you you threw out some good ones. Like if, 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 if I said, you know, if you think of like punk rock. Yeah. Like what's what's the band that pops into your head? Uh sk- Skillet. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what about like um now uh, I I throw them into the same thing, but DC likes to make fun of my love of ska and ska punk, but oh. are, are there any I know, right? Are there are there any that like Anyway, you can just say no, it's garbage. I don't care, which is fine. It's it's all it's all taste, you know. But um is there any bands that pop into your head with that one that might have been in your rotation at one point? So, no, um, I've Not I even never like no doubt. I yeah no I didn't no, even that, hear about them until you had mentioned it, and Fine. then I think we looked up a one of the bands or songs that you had told us a long time ago to look up, and 
it's weird. Like I would listen to it, you know, when we come to visit you and stuff and you had it playing, I would listen to it, probably wiggle my finger a little bit with it, but uh, it's not something I would choose no, it is, to listen it is to. Definitely not for everybody. I just, I like going down the list just to see if anyone has, okay. So what about like, um, cause you talked about Nirvana. Have you, have you ever gone back and like on YouTube and watched videos of Nirvana performing live? Like not like they're, like live um, unplugged thing, but like when they were like in their heyday of like energy, like, no, I holy crap. That would have been a crazy show to be at. I can't stand listening to live. Like, Oh, that's interesting too. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it's, I just can't like, I want to listen to this song. I don't want to hear everybody screaming. (laughs) Yeah. Do you, do you like live shows? Or is that the same thing? Just don't do it. I've never been to a concert. Oh, wow. All right. That's, that's really interesting. See, I, certain bands I hate live because I like, because of the reason you just said, Mm -hmm. right? Like I need it to sound like it sounded on the record, but punk is there's that stuff is made to be performed live. Like it's not the song. It's the crowd and the interaction with it and figuring out how they're going to play it different. But I, I do get what you're saying. Cause there's some bands that like embellish a lot yep. and change the whole makeup of the song. And it's just like, I just want to hear the way that I liked it. Like, what are you doing to me, man? Yeah, there was, um, in our hometown, we had rocking on the river where we would get one, one celebrity singer to come and they would literally, literally perform on our river um and That's stuff cool. and the first year that i was with together with dc we had joan jett come and i oh. really really wanted to go see her but my parents wouldn't let me even though i was 18 so oh uh, yeah i never got to go see it and it sucked great for parents i can't <laughs> yeah. believe my parents let me go to my first big concert i went to the vans warped tour in 2000 i was mm-hmm. 15 16 either by way yourself well i went with a group of friends but we went by ourselves we got on the train and oh. we went to the venue where it was and let me tell you the debauchery that i easily could have gotten into if i wasn't <laughs> just i'm coming to see music and i want to see music but like this was like woodstock do you yeah. know what i mean Like, I'm walking through Suffolk Downs, which is a giant, it was a a horse racing thing. But, like, picture this, like, picture being, like, 16 years old and this being, so you walk in. Now, Warp Tour is a festival show. So it's not just, you're not going to one amphitheater and seeing one band. There's, like, six stages, like, 45 bands play throughout the day. And you kind of just walk around and, you know everybody's getting stoned and sneaking in booze and mm-hmm. like walking around and I'm just walking around going, what did I get myself into? And the <laughs> ticket was like 35 bucks and you got to see like 45 bands and this show, the bands on this show, the mighty, mighty boss tones, the dropkick Murphys flogging Molly oh, flogging green Molly. day. Um, Eminem played at this show like wow. this. We, did, we didn't end up seeing him, but he was there. Like he played on one of the. It, it like doesn't fit in with all these punk bands, but like you know, um, uh, uh some forty one, um, Bad Religion. 
mm-hmm. know, th- this thing was insane. And it went from like 10 in the morning until nine o'clock at night. Damn. You know, this was insane. It, it green day, um, had not been as huge of a deal for like a couple albums. This was right before warning came out, which was the album prior to American idiot when they like exploded again. Yeah. So they were like, Oh, you know, we'll go on the warp tour and we'll headline it and it'll be fun. But the whole festival had to shut down when they played because literally everybody in the whole venue was watching them, you know, they just went like, in fact, Suffolk Downs didn't allow uh, maybe one more year, but like there were all kinds of noise complaints and like it ran late because they were supposed to play 45 minutes and they played two hours. And like they 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 did what they normally did and piled their instruments up at the end and torched them and like it was it was just insane like the show they put on and I'm at like 16 years old going I am never gonna see anything in my life this is awesome as this like and we all got like heat stroke because we were outside <laughs> all day and you know and it's the first time I had ever seen a mosh pit. You know, oh, and, and I'm and I'm like, this is amazing. And like, you know, and people were getting carried out on stretchers all bloodied up and everything. I'm like, this is this is out of control. And I'm 16. And oh, it was awesome. But I can't believe my parents let me go. I and, yeah. and, and no one had cell phones. It's not like we could have called if we were in trouble, you know? <laughs> like it's just insane that they let us go to this thing. But uh I showed my mom videos like of it like 10 years or so later. And I was like, I was in that crowd. And she's like, <laughs> wow. Um, thank you for telling me that now. She was like, you had a great big smile on your face when you came home. I was like, yeah, because it's like, we literally almost died like 25 times. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, you know who played that show? Um, you ever heard of, uh, oh, what's the name of that fucking band? Oh, they became like an arena rock band. But at the time... They were just like a loud, angry punk band. Um, what was Papa Roach? Oh, you yeah. Yes, they I were loved Papa Roach. Great. They were so good <laughs> at that show. Um, but yeah, no. So that was, I would highly recommend seeing a show like that. Like, because the whole point of that is that the music isn't just the only reason you're there. Like there's, yeah, a, it's yeah. the craft, but like, I've, I've been disappointed often by going to just see a band, like at like a venue and you go like, okay, great. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. I don't know, but I like live music. So what about, what about the horror? Where did the horror come from? Um, well, I kind of explained it on one of my episodes, uh, on my podcast and stuff, but I had a friend who was all like, hey, my dad got this really scary movie. I want to watch it. You want to watch it with me? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. I almost said the I Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, it was the Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas. I was 12 and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, they Santa Claus. <laughs> no, and that movie scared the shit out of me. I have a whole story about it. Go listen. Um, and I just kept... I remember, and I had told my dad, you know, man, I watched this movie. I know you told me not to, but I did. And he's like, okay, just don't watch it again. And I, the next time I went to her house, I watched it again. And we watched the second one also. And then I think she was the one that kept, we kept, I kept going over there and watching different horror movies. And then I wasn't allowed to watch anything else when we moved away from that town. So I didn't watch anything horror-ish until 
oh god i was like maybe 10 when i got the grudge and then from there my dad was just like eh okay she likes horror movies and then he started uh renting a bunch of horror movies and stuff from hastings for us to watch and it just kind of from there so i had like this big long hiatus but it all started back when i was in like third grade so that's awesome me me too yeah my friend Sean, who's the kid I went to that concert with, um, his dad had a huge collection of taped off of HBO horror movies. So, like, we'd go and hang out there all day when, you know, the parents were working and just go through the collection. And so, like, at, you know, six or seven years old, you know, or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. who like, I'd be left over there to hang out and be like, oh, you know, Sean and I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre today. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I think I'm trying to think of like the first movie him and I watched together. It was my father when I was pretty young showed me like, and and, and I'm gonna call Tame by, you know, they're scary freaking movies, especially for a you know a young kid. But you know, like he showed me Jaws, Uh, and Jaws is a PG rated movie. But Jaws is scary as shit when you're when you're a little kid. You know, and that that's a very intense movie. But like I remember my mother having to like approve like we I, I told my dad I wanted to see The Shining because my mm-hmm. dad told me this is the scariest movie ever made like and I was like I want to see it and I was probably like nine probably and I that one really messed me up like that is not there's just too many emotional things going on in that movie to process when you're that young. So yeah. only, so only the horror comes through and none of it made any sense, you know? So it's just like, it, it's just visuals like imprinted in my mind. Um, but like Sean and I went through the whole Halloween franchise. And again, as, as much as it was in 1992, you know, or, or, or whatever, right. On like a sleepover one night. Yeah. And that was, that was cool. You know, to like, especially when you get to season of the witch, and we didn't know, you know, they didn't have the internet. We're like, why isn't Michael Myers in this one? <laughs> you know. But yeah, no, I, I've, I've always just, I've, I've loved the fact that you know, they're just, they feel unsafe. They you do. know, even, even the big ones like feel like this shouldn't exist. Yeah. You know? And I know that you've got, um, you know, you've got you'll have it coming up for the next season, but, uh, you know, 2020 for being a, a year where we were all stuck inside, had some horror bangers, you know, I don't know if I watched any, to be honest. You, I, I mean, I, I, I was on an episode of your show talking about one. What? Really? The Invisible man. That came out last year. Yeah. It came out at the very beginning of 2020, right before the theaters shut down. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I remember none of that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's wacky, right? It seems like it was so long ago, but um, I I, I was gonna that was gonna be the next question. You know, I I don't want to give um a spoiler for your upcoming season, but I was gonna say, what do you remember from this year? But um, did I tell you about uh, um, anything for Jackson? No. Have you heard of this movie? Uh. Uh-uh. Right, I would love, you know, if if I have any sway at all. You should watch it and decide if you want to uh, do it for your show. But um, okay. what is crazy about it, one, it's really well made. It was like a Shutter release horror movie. Um, but I'm watching it and I'm like, 
oh my god, I got through with it. And I'm like, this is great. It, it, it's like a different take on the like demon devil possession, like exorcism kind of genre. They did it different. And I'll I'll let you find out what that means, but they gave a different approach to it. And um you I got through it and I'm like, that was great. That movie was filmed well, it was scary, it was paced really great. These guys must have made a bunch of really cool horror movies. I can't wait to look at what else they've done. Nothing but Hallmark Christmas movies. Really? It blew my my freaking mind. That is so weird. Right? But hell, you never fucking know. You never know sometimes. Well, right. It's just, it's, and I mean, like, not, not to like slouch at any of that right that's work right make like you know you hone your craft everybody's gonna work you know what i mean yeah but it's weird to come out the gate there's nothing else in their filmography it's a writer director team that have worked together on like 15 movies and they're all like you know christmas in nantucket you know and and like you know whatever else and then anything for jackson an r-rated demon possession movie and Mm. and you go what and and I I'm still trying to get the writer and director on my show to ask why, <laughs> like, and I don't care. Like, it might just be like you know we all we always wanted to do this, and you know, but like, it's just thematically like the movie looks the part, you know, and it and it it's not like a really you know it, it's not like a oh okay it looks like a TV movie and it just happens to have a good script and whatever. No, it's stylized like you know this has a very intended look you know and they've definitely watched a lot of freaking horror movies <laughs> you know like it's it's all over it okay cool um, i don't no, know i no i have it jotted down i need to start that actually one, and, watching and I, some think, movies. and i think you guys saw the mortuary stories because dc told yes me. that was that, so good that was also this year yeah, yeah. and i loved that so okay. Oh, just it's always interesting to see where people's um, weirdnesses come from, right? Yeah, I think this season, though, I want to try and branch back out of not just the movies like I did first season. Because, you know, first season, I, you know, talked about movies and stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I have I have the movie series lined up that, you know, we're going to do together but i kind of want to try and do something else to try and get back into it again i don't know maybe do like a, um a workshop like episode like you know uh i don't know i i, I got a lot of inspiration from the movie scare me have, have you seen that that came out this year? No. i'd highly recommend that but it's, it's just two people in a room telling each other scary stories and i was like oh shit this is gonna be you know like a uh um like an anthology movie, but it never cuts to the anthology. It's really? literally just two people and the story is their interaction and what you start learning about them through the stories they're telling. Cause it's a guy who's an aspiring writer who's stuck in a cabin cause they lost power with a woman who's a very, very well-known writer and they play like this verbal cat and mouse game with each other, like of like undermining and his like, masculinity getting like hurt by the fact that she's just so effortlessly good at this and they decide to stay up all night and get through the blackout by telling each other scary stories and i'm like this is awesome and the movie just never cuts away from them talking so it uses sound effects and changes in their voices you know little subtle things to make it scary 
And what I love is you get like three quarters of the way through and it starts breaking the fourth wall where like they're telling a story about a troll and they go and they look into the blackness and the trolls beady little red eyes light up. And then you see them light up in the background between them and they both look and go, is that the dishwasher? I thought we didn't have power. And then they just shake it <laughs> off and keep going. And I'm like, this is so cool. And um, a thing like that, like, get, get, you know, having having someone come on and just like spitballing, you know, like a horror idea. I don't know. Just, just a thought. Oh, no, definitely a thought. I, I just don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. Well, either either way, I think it's an awesome show, and I can't wait for more. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I so, try. Yes, no, no. You, it, it, it's, it's a good job, and I, uh, I, I love you guys. Thank you guys for being awesome friends, and you know, this is this is why I love doing podcasts. Especially, I don't think I would have gone on for as long as I have. If I didn't meet folks like you in DC and Axel, because it's good to know there's other people out there that are dealing with the same kind of stuff, yeah. you know, and need an outlet like this. Yeah, I completely agree. So before we play my silly game, which might be okay. hilariously a mess, um, oh, I, <laughs> you never know. I, I wanted to give you a chance to to shout out or say or talk about something that you may have been interested in discussing with me that I missed because I do this off the cuff and you never know I could have left out anything just whatever you want the the microphone be yours madame uh I guess I mean if people are looking for a kind of interesting game there's a game that I've been playing a lot online it's what? I said sweet. Tell oh, I thought I thought you said wait, and I was like, what for? No, so, <laughs> yes, wait. Don't don't talk about games. We need to talk about the sponsor of my show, which is not that game. No, I'm kidding. I have no sponsors. <laughs> uh, um, it's a gotcha game. Um, I'm pretty sure people out there have probably heard of it because it's kind of become popular on TikTok and the internet and stuff because it's a really good game. But it's um oh my god. Genshin Impact. Oh, tell tell me more. Well, I, I I've not heard of this. It's created from Mihoyo, um Genshin Impact. It, it's like I said, it's a gotcha game, so it's kind of oh crap, I just tried to open it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the entire internet shuts down. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh! Yeah, um, if you didn't know, opening <laughs> two things on your computer in the state of Washington now shuts the whole grid down. No, yes, I'm it kidding. Does. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but you just have there's different characters. There's so many different storylines. Um, I don't really know what to say about it because I'm really bad at explaining things. Um, no, that's okay. Um, uh, I guess because I you said it's a gotcha game. Like, yes. is that like a genre? Like, See, I'm, I'm completely I, unknown to this, so I'm gonna, and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm just, I'm interested. So it's like gotcha, like G A T C H A, G A C H A, gotcha. So I guess that would be like, um, it's, oh, okay, the best gotcha games, AFK Arena, another Eden. I get it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I understand what's going on now. Like it's a fun game, and then you can choose to buy. Oh, got, gotcha means toy machine. Yeah. Okay. I, I've. It just so means it, it's the Japanese term for toy machine. Gotcha is a toy machine in which customer puts money into for video games. It refers to games that are like pay to play. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Because I had never heard of Gotcha either before I started playing uh, Genshin Impact. So um, I started playing it a long time ago, and then I got the itch to put money into it so that I could roll for certain characters, and I had to step away. And then I came back because they came out with some new characters that were really cool. And I hate to say it, but I put money into it so that I could roll for the cool characters. That's okay. I mean, it, yay. <laughs> Wh- whatever your thing is, right? That, that's the whole point yeah. of what we're talking about tonight is what gets you through, right? If the money you spend doesn't bring you joy, then you can be like, okay, they, they screwed me. It but if does. you spend it and you enjoy it, this thing has great reviews. Yeah, no, it's a really fun game. and An it Action did... role-playing game. So do you play it on your phone or a computer? You can play it on the computer, you can play it on your tablet, you can play it on your PlayStation, you can play it on your phone. Yeah, I'm looking at that now. This looks fun. Um, It's going to be coming for the Nintendo Switch here soon. I know that they are working on that. Um, But it's really easy. You literally just Google it. But it's pretty. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful game. And it's really fun. Uh, you level up your characters. You have to do a lot of um, artifact hunting through these domains and all sorts of other things, so oh, that you can dang. level up your characters and give them lots of. So is it like? Is it so? I'm assuming because it's a gotcha, which is the game that just keeps evolving and keeps growing, and you keep playing mm-hmm. and keep paying into it. It's not a. It's more like an MMORPG, right? Where it's just always sprawling and you're just always continuing. There's not like an end game to it. Uh, Technically, there will be an end game, but he is still working on the game right now. He is constantly putting... So cool. um, He is constantly putting out um, expansions to the game, adding new areas and new... um, New, like... um, new aspects to the map and stuff right now we only have two areas on the map monstat and leeway um and they're supposedly supposed to be like six big areas all together um so the map isn't even done yet or close to being done uh in in uh 1.4 which is coming up here and here soon um uh, supposedly, I think either in 1.4 or maybe in 1.5 update, he's adding a huge, a huge, a, another part of the map. Um, he's constantly adding new characters, which have, uh, you know, different types of backgrounds and stuff to them. And all the characters have their own, have their own storylines that you can play through the game with your own character and stuff like that. But they all kind of interconnect in a certain way. And it's all about um, the main character. He or she, depending on who you choose, is called the Traveler. They came through this, like, portal thing. And some lady took either your brother or your sister, depending on who you play. And you are literally just trying to find your twin. Um, and then, you know, you get all these friends on the side and you do all sorts of other things. And yeah, it's a huge game and it's not even like a third of the way done. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, see, I in the, I would have never even heard about this if we didn't have that conversation. So, hey, people, if that sounds fun to you and you're listening, play Genshin Impact. And if you already do play it, let me know. Let me know if it's something I should try. <laughs> 
And if I said anything wrong to those who do play it, you know, don't come at me, bro. Okay. I said I'm bad at explaining things. So I know I probably got some things wrong. Thank you. Well, you exactly. <laughs> and because, like, the point of this show is we all don't have to be experts in the thing that we like to like it. Exactly. It's a very, very important thing to remind people. Gatekeeping yeah. is bullshit, and we need to stop it. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, the Genshin Impact community is kind of, it's become very toxic lately. So, of uh, course, yeah. that's yeah. what happens. Yep. Womp womp. <laughs> All right, let's move hey, cool. on to the game. So, so maybe I'll get people to hate listen to the episode just because we talked about Genshin <laughs> Impact. There we go. And like, like whenever I mentioned the Last Jedi. <clears throat> oh, oh, all right. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So the game. Um. So I, I, um, I'll, I've explained this and I'll explain it again. This is Redemption Roulette, and it's something I came up with for 2021. Um, because the the pandemic ruined you know all of our positivity and i wanted to put something out there that wasn't just people bitching and moaning and complaining about stuff and so i said you know what there's a lot of movies and a lot of um personalities or actors or you know directors whatever in hollywood that uh get a lot of crap and a lot of it is deserving but even if it is deserving i want to give us a chance to look at somebody or some movie and say something positive about it and you don't even have to have ever seen it um a lot of these things are things people just know about um so i've got two dice this was inspired by a show i've told you um on your show that i think you'd love called um random horror generator podcast number nine Mm -hmm. it's um from the welcome to night Vale folks and they pick their theme um and style their theme and monster for their movies they're going to watch each week based on a dice roll and so i'm going to do that um first dice is a film and in our one through six positions we have the um ever divisive film chappy which i absolutely love have you ever seen it nope do you know anything about it Okay, if we roll it, I'll tell you about it so you can at least form an opinion. Um, It's uh, directed by Neil Blomkamp, who made District 9, um, and it stars the singers of Die Antwoord. Don't know if you've ever heard of them. But that's that's usually where the divisiveness comes in, is whether or not you can accept a film starring Die Antwoord or not. Um, (laughs) I I personally loved it because it's ridiculous, but a lot of people don't. So that's why I put it on here. In the second slot, we have Superman Returns, which, despite being directed by a horrible human being and starring a horrible human being in Kevin Spacey, I still really like, and a lot of people don't. So um, we can... Hopefully not roll that, and then we don't have to say more negative things about that movie. In third position, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Oh, boy. In fourth position, Geely. Ah, the wonderful Ben Affleck film, Geely. In fifth position, Adam Sandler's magnum opus, Jack and Jill. Oh, good and, and Yeah, I know. And in sixth position, Thor, The Dark World. Okay. All right? Okay. So we're, we're going to roll. And we get a four. So we have Geely. We have to say something positive about Geely. All right. How do you spell that? G-I-G-L-I. Have you ever seen this film? Nope. I, I highly, I highly recommend. Oh, God. This is supposed to be saying things positive. I would hope for your sanity you don't ever have to see it. <laughs> it's, it's not good. 
but um, we we can. It has a six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But this is about being positive. This starred um Ben Affleck and um I believe yeah Jennifer Lopez, and it was well intended and it failed on almost every level. But positive is as positive does. I'm going to say that um it, you know, employed a lot of people. Uh, people got paid for work. Um. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez have had careers that can have continued after this film. So despite the uh, film's bad reception and, um, you know, bad uh, release and critical craziness, it didn't um, ruin um, the careers of the people involved. And for that, um, you know, I mean, Martin Brest has made great films. Mm-hmm. The, the, the director of Geely, you know, it was just a it was a mistake. You know, but he made Scent of a Woman and Meet Joe Black and Beverly Hills Cop and Midnight Run. Like this, this guy has had a hell of a career and also Geely, you know, um, but hey, it is what it is. Can you think of anything positive, even if it's just something positive to say about one of the people involved about Geely? Uh, uh, so I'm quickly trying to read the plot right now. It's bad. It's bad. There, so but, while while you're reading the plot, I will say there is a scene in this film where the two characters are talking about having sex, and they um utilize the uh, descriptive terminology basting the turkey, and someone thought this was hilarious, and it's not, and it's especially you know think about Armageddon. You ever seen that movie? Uh, sure. The terrible Michael Bay movie, and think about how like terrible the like goofy, like flirty, like love scenes between Ben Affleck and um Steven Tyler's daughter were in that movie. And then just think of Ben Affleck; he just he's not good at things like this, and the the script didn't help him. Okay, so I was going to give it. I okay. I will give it a thumbs up. For having the female main character, Ricky, be a lesbian. There you go. The fact that she has to order Geely around. Yes. But then I read on where he confesses confesses her love to her, her and they sleep together. What the shit is that? If you are a lesbian and a man comes up to you and go, "Oh, I love you so much." You do not sleep with him. Right. It's it's like it's almost like they were allowing Ben Affleck's character from um Chasing Amy to finally get what he wanted. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Geely is not good. The, this one was on here intentionally because it was going to be really hard to say something positive. But hey, you, you you gave it the college try, and so did I. So moving on, <laughs> in our actor and personality and director slot, we have Kevin Smith in position uh-huh. one, M. Night Shyamalan in position two, Zac Efron in position three, Megan Fox in position four, Shia LaBeouf in position five, and Jared Leto in position six. Okay. All right, here we go. And we have a three for Zac Efron. Oh, okay. Who... I have on this list because I really don't understand everyone's hatred of Zac Efron, yep. <laughs> but, but uh, for a positive, I'll just say, I think Zac Efron is awesome. And I think Zac Efron got, um, horribly typecast early in his career and is a way better actor than most things he's been in. Um, and he, you know, did things like, um, God, was that neighbors that he ended up being in? 
I think yes. that was where he played basically Zac Efron, but Zac Efron is like a douchey, like frat boy guy, and he rocked. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I just I want to see Zac Efron do more stuff and prove more people wrong. What about you? What can you say about our good friend Zac Efron? So I always thought he was a good actor, like even when he did um, the High School Musical movies and stuff. Yeah. But I think he really broke out of it when um, he did the movie Seventeen again because it proved oh. that he can be funny. Yes. Um, and then from there, he, he just continued to be funny in the movies that he's done. Um, I think he does best when he is funny, but the movies that I've seen him where he's had to be serious. Um, he's also done very well, especially the, what was it? The Jeffrey Dahmer movie or something like that. He was way too good in that. He was really good. Yes. So I, I agree with you. I don't know and why the hatred for him other than the high school musical stuff. And the fact that he did have a drug problem early on in his life or, you know, the whole stupid thing, but he's gotten past all that and he's proven that he is a funny actor and that he can do good serious more down-to-earth roles very he, well he kind of had the the thing that the rock ended up doing right where like he yes. shows up in a couple things and it's like uh, i'm not so sure i can take this guy serious and then he went hey i'm funny mm-hmm. and everybody went oh all right there you go not exactly. only not not only am I like in, incredibly handsome and jacked and a wrestler and everybody thinks that I'm just but I'm also hilarious. Like Here John Cena. Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay. All right, so that that's that's my positivity game. Okay. And for for next time, depending on what order these things go in, but just so you know what the next person that comes in is going to have to deal with, position 4 has been replaced by the random generator by M. Night Shyamalan's Avatar The Last Airbender Oh god (laughs) And um (laughs) The third position has been replaced How topical With Zack Snyder Oh god no Yeah that's gonna be fun Granted I have Um, a lot of good things I can say about him It's just there's gonna be so much negative in the press By the time we roll that name Yep Hey, And we are on the, uh, the twilight Right now of his Justice League film coming out, which, which, oh God, no, but also, you know, for people that genuinely are fans of his DC movies and aren't just fans because they think it's a personality, I'm genuinely excited that they're getting a movie Mm -hmm. to watch. And it sounds like they really like it. So cool, but, oh, it's so insufferable and I'm so done with it. I know, but I've also heard you know, early reviews from critics that there's no reason for it to be as long as it is. Oh God. It is just an extended cut of what was already there. Right. So, and and, you know, exactly. And it's, I'm really glad that the people that want it are getting it, but I, I like this guy enough that I just really want him to move on and do other, I almost, I feel bad for him. It's like this whole big uprising happened and it's like now i can't move on like literally i left this movie because my daughter committed suicide and i was mourning and people turned it into this like oh this has been robbed from me and i need to get and it's like just let the guy i mean if he wants it sweet like you know i'll never take an art away from an artist Mm -hmm. you know but oh it's just so insufferable 
Yep. I just I well, why did why did things that we love turn into such a nasty mess? Like you said, so toxic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyway, this has been Slagathor coming yes, at is. us from the other side of the country, um, which is so cool. By the way, I, I did a show uh, of the Talkbuster with a guy from Australia. Mm-hmm. And so we were recording at 11 p.m. on a Friday, and it was 2 in the afternoon on a Saturday for him. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I think the closest we got was DC was recording with someone from uh, England. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I don't know the time the time thing, but I think that's the farthest overseas we've gotten. It's so wild. Yep. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you had a good time. I did. It's a, it's always really nice just to sit down and talk and not have to have an agenda of what needs to be done and you're worrying about whether or not you're doing it and yeah. That's I think I hit a niche with these shows and it's my oh, favorite God, yeah. it's my favorite thing about it. And and I love being on you know your guys' shows because there is an agenda, but also I just like getting to know people and if there's ever anything you want to talk about that's more agenda based and it doesn't fit into your show or whatever, you know, look at what I've done with the Warhammer stuff with, True. uh, that's, that's turned into uh, people love that. Oh you know? yeah. No, cause I, I and again, about it. and it's not me playing dumb. I really didn't know anything. So I love somebody that knows stuff teaching me mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes for a good conversation. I don't like, I don't know. I don't like doing like, let's do a theory about something from a movie trailer and we all have to research. And it's like, I just want to talk to people about the stuff they like. Can't I do that? Yep. Yep. (laughs) So anyway, I am going to go pass out and I'm going to let you get back to your awesome family and just thank you so much for shooting the shit with me and thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Here's my button.